I'm Jack Bailey. Welcome back to the Blue Line Report. You like that new intro? That's our new intro. Uh, thanks to me. I did that over our weekend. So uh, if you like it, um, let us know. And if you want to see some new clips in there, I will gladly put any clips you'd like. I just stuck with the Matthews, McDavid, and Crosby. But if you'd like any new clips that you'd like to see, if you're a Senators fan, you like a Shabbat thing, or you're a Pedersen fan, and you like a clip of him, let us know. Send us a DM on Instagram or just let us know on Twitter. Anything at our Twitter is, and if you want to know where you can find us on Twitter at Blue Line with JB and on our Instagram at Blue underscore Line underscore Report. But uh, that's usually for the end, so we'll save that for there. Um, welcome to another episode. Uh, we're gonna have Bic Nazar from uh, Sportsnet 1050 in Vancouver joining us next. But first, uh, we're gonna be starting off with a segment of hockey talk. Our first hockey talk of the playoffs, and of course, I'm gonna be joined by Ono Kane. How's it going, Owen? Good. How are you, Jack? Uh, well, I could be better, man. Leafs played last night. Well, sorry. This comes out Monday. We're recording this Friday. So Leafs played a few nights ago. You probably already know. You already know game two. But yeah. Uh, sorry, folks. We're only be covering game one tonight. Uh, or today, I guess. Whatever time you're. Depends on when you're reading this or listening to this. But let's get started with. I don't care about the game. I really don't. <laughs> Price made some nice saves. Uh, Campbell looked a bit shaky, but he's fine. He f- shook over literally at the start of the game. But I mean, whatever. I don't care about the game. We're going to talk about the real scenario you've all come here for, and that is John Tavares' hit. So I just want you to get your original. Your what was your first reaction on? So when I first saw it, I initially I thought, oh my god, like his skate hit his neck. I'm like is this going to be a Clint Malarchuk? Like this, it didn't look good. I thought it was his, I thought it was like his skate went like, and just hit his neck. Thankfully it was his knee that, I mean, that's still not good, but that's better than a skate. So like he seemed to like, he was a bit, he was pretty shaken up, but like, I don't blame Corey Perry. I don't think he's a bad person for it. I, I don't blame him at all. It was a freak accident. He tried to get out of the way. It's not Corey Perry's fault at all. Corey Perry felt horrible. You can see it by just when the cameras went over to him. And so I don't blame Corey Perry. I don't blame John Tavares. I don't blame anyone. I think it's a freak accident. Rarely happens. It sucks that it happened, but I don't think, like, I just don't think we should be making Corey Perry an enemy. Yeah. Um, so I completely disagree. It's all Corey Perry's fault. No, I'm joking. I'm joking. I haven't <laughs> seen many of those opinions. I think everyone can just agree that complete fluke accident. Um, if anyone's kind of the blame, it's uh, the guy, Armia, I think it was, that uh, knocked Tavares over. But it, it was just a clean hit. It was, it's no one's fault. I read, so my first thoughts when I saw it, I thought he clipped him with his skate because I did see blood there uh, when he was cut from his visor. Owen is currently choking on something right now i think it's water (laughs) went down the wrong hole see now you're giving it to me he's giving it to me right now uh but anyway my first reaction i thought he really clipped him with this skate but uh we were very lucky that he didn't clip his neck and um so he really he hit him in in the knee in he hit him with his knee in the head, so I'm very distracted right now by Owen just absolutely choking on a ton of water right now, <laughs> trying to <laughs> pound that down. But sorry, let me take take it back. So he hits him in the head with his knee. It's not Perry's fault. I thought he died. I when if you watch the broadcast and and he he sits up and then he closes his eyes and he falls back and he passed out. He passed out on the ice and uh, not going to lie. I saw the blood. I thought he might've cut his neck open. I, I, th- I thought he died. Uh, well, that was my first reaction. And I soon realized like, as soon as p- trainers were like picking him up and stuff, like yeah, he didn't die. He just passed out, but that was my first reaction. So like, it's, it's a very scary event and I can't imagine how the players felt. Um, about that, but I don't think anyone's in the wrong here. Corey Perry, I mean, 
he deserves everything he's about to get. He's about to get hounded for just a complete accident, but I mean that's what happens. Like it's a freak accident, but now you're gonna have to pay pay for it. And he paid for it the next play. We'll get into that in a bit because I know Owen and me have different opinions on that. But um, yeah, it's freak accident, and we hope John Tavares is okay. We he actually went into the hospital last night, and he uh, he got released this morning, and his team. Uh, released a statement this uh, to released a statement about a few hours ago and I'll read it for you here now uh, from John Tavares and his um, his team the support I felt last night cannot be put into words I'm thankful to share share that I'm back and recovering thank you to my family friends teammates the Maple Leafs organization Leafs Nation and the hockey community for being by my side also thank you to both medical teams emergency services and everyone at St. Mike's Hospital for their extra exceptional care to help me get back on my feet i look forward to where to when i can wear the maple leaf on my chest again until then i'll be cheering on the boys along with leafs nation as we compete to win the stanley cup jt so what that means is he's basically yeah he's not coming back he's not coming back off that statement which sucks it really does suck john Tavares is like on other than the other than the Oilers, he'd be the best player on any other Canadian team. Other than the Oilers, he'd be the best player on any other Canadian team. So, yeah, it's a big loss, man. But I really don't care about that right now. I just want him and his family to be okay. And we, uh, us at the Blue Line Report, send, like, prayers and wishes, man. Like, uh, we just hope he gets back healthy and can't wait to see him back on the ice where I'm see next year. But away from that sad note, because it's a, it's a sad thing. Yeah, I, it's a very scary thing. Like, I felt like turning off the TV. I didn't really want to watch the, re- the rest of the game. I can't imagine how the players felt seeing play, having to play that game when they knew um, when they knew their one of their good friends is now probably he's passed out being stretched to the hospital. It's, yeah. it's not a fun thing. To I hated how they kept showing the replay. It's like, yeah, it's a freak it's accident. It, it looks brutal. I don't want to see it again. Like, I, I, I get them showing the replay, but like, yeah, it was, it was a little much after a bit. It made me nauseous a bit. Like it, it wasn't fun to watch. It's not a fun play. Like if you are, if you haven't seen the play, like viewer discretion is advised. Like if you don't deal well with gruesome stuff, like, maybe this isn't the play to watch just he took a knee to the head and that's all you need to know but uh yeah it's a pretty gruesome thing and uh we hope again all of us at the blue line report and i think the whole hockey community in general thinks uh that we just wish him the best um okay so there's two ways we can go in this direction oh and i'll let you uh you can decide so i have a few people i'd like to touch on and rant about because i'm quite mad at a few people um or we could go in the fight and what we thought of the fight whichever way you want to go first um i think i'll let you get your rant out of the way try not to make it too long because yeah, no no i'll, I'll keep it i like to get a word or two in there you I'll know keep it but short and sweet but uh i'll just mute yeah, up and let you have your, <laughs> have your time uh, so okay so who should i touch on first i i'll touch on some Habs fans Okay, so 90-something percent of, majority of Habs fans have been great. Majority of Habs, like the Habs sent out a note note on Twitter uh, later in the game wishing him all the best. Like, I've never seen a team do that. Like, that's just pure classy. The organization showing real class, their medical team helping out just as much as the Leafs with uh, the John Tavares thing. So, really, Montreal, uh, just a classy organization, and uh, they really showed their true colors last night. Um, and majority of fans, they also did that as well. They, um, they're just classy. Hey, we wish uh, John Tavares all the best. We wish his family all the best thoughts and prayers. And like, just some of the classiest stuff I've seen from Montreal Canadiens fans, Ottawa fans, Toronto fans, Boston fans. Sorry, go ahead. Real quick, before you get your rant in. um, So last night I was scrolling through Instagram and I saw the uh, Montreal Canadiens posted. It was a it was um, Austin Matthews. It was the picture of him, you know, how he's getting ragdolled, you know, and smiling. Yeah. The caption that the Canadians put is, doesn't everyone else hate this arrogant jerk and I want to punch him in the face? That's what they posted on their Instagram with Austin Matthews. So maybe a bit less class half, than you think. Half classy organization. Yeah. Half classy organization. Um, but 
anyway, like just in terms of the John Tavares stuff, real classy organization. The fans have been super classy, but there has, of course, and as you expect with everything, been a few people, few idiots, few people I'd love to use a lot more colorful language, but I mean, I'd be grounded if I could say that, if I said that on air. So I'm not going to, but um, these people are celebrated. Like I've seen messages saying, thanks to Corey Perry for winning us this series eight game, eight minutes into the game. Like, these people are freaking idiots. Again, want to use more colorful language, can't. Uh, But these people are freaking idiots. These losers, uh, they they witnessed a guy come close to an event that could ruin his life, just end his, like, potentially end his life, but ruin his life and destroy his career. And they are celebrating about a freaking hockey game. You have to take, you have to be, take a chance and step away from the game. This is a lot bigger from the game. There's a lot of stuff that are a lot bigger than the game. As much as we like to cover it at the end of the day, as long as everyone's safe, it's a good day. It's a good day to play hockey. It who doesn't matter who wins, who loses, as long as everyone's safe. And as long as everyone comes out. Okay. That it's, that's the most important thing in hockey. And and it's a lot bigger than the sport. And I think this was a scenario which where it got a lot bigger than the sport. And some idiots, some losers couldn't see past the the lifetime rivalry. I love how they've been branding that Montreal, the Montreal Toronto series, but <laughs> couldn't couldn't look past it and couldn't take themselves out of that out of that bubble of hating on the Habs. Because I guarantee you, uh Saturday, when the Leafs play the Habs game two, it'll go right back to um, Habs suck, Leafs suck, which is totally cool. I get that. I will, I've been, I've said Habs suck. I hate, I hate the Habs and the Habs are losers and stuff. Whatever. I've been, I've been uh, guilty of saying that, but there's a time and a place to do that. And there's a bubble to do that. And that's in the hockey bubble. We have stepping out of the hockey bubble when it comes to the John Tavares situation. And I think just these, uh losers these idiots who are making fun of john taveras and calling Corey perry a hero need to uh delete social media first off and uh report in their hand uh their uh fan badge because they should not be able to these people should not be on social media and if you think this way well i don't know if i want you listening to this podcast because like we don't like people like there's a time and a place and this is not the time and the place it is disrespectful to just uh not just john Tavares but his family as well imagine being john Tavares's wife right now can't go see him probably not in the arena no she's definitely not in the arena sitting at home right now and seeing her husband pass out on live tv and you're making fun of john Tavares. like it's so much bigger than the game and I think you just got to take yourself out of that realm. But to the 90% of Habs fans and the Habs organization in general, um, thank you so much. We really appreciate the support. And uh, I, we hope as much as you do that John Tavares can be back and playing hockey, playing the thing that he's born to play in a bit. And then my last thing that I rant on, sorry, I just need to take a break here. Sorry about that. Um uh, <laughs> was a long ranting uh and my last thing i want to touch on is the toronto sun the toronto sun is a joke of a joke of a uh newspaper toronto sun is a joke of an organization they've been they have had bad covers in the past you've had dion funoff covers making fun of him making fun of his looks making fun of phil kessel's weight um they had uh, one william nylander uh some assembly required just stupid covers they love making fun of the Leafs I don't get it because they're a Toronto organization but whatever last night they or I guess this morning or whenever they posted it this this morning we call it this morning uh they stepped over the line they posted a picture uh their front the front cover on every magazine in Toronto today had a picture of John Tavares bloodied up face with the caption Captain Crunch Oh my God. Oh my God. How? Not the time. Yeah, no, you think? It's never the time. Yeah. It's never the time. You know how disrespectful that is? Oh, it's cancel culture. It's PC. There's a difference. There's a difference between canceling Elmo and canceling. 
Yeah. <laughs> There's a difference between canceling Elmo, because uh, he's a... There's a difference between canceling Elmo and canceling a newspaper that's making fun of a dude passing out and being severely injured and potentially ending his career due to injury. It's disgusting from the Toronto uh, Toronto Sun. Uh, just disgusting all around. I if you lit, read like need to stop reading this magazine because they are just a disgusting thing. Um, the Montreal. Montreal Sun, not a, not any better. I mean, obviously not as bad as Captain Crunch, but like showing the him showing the impact on the front page, like just disgusting stuff. And like, imagine if put yourself in John Tavares's family's shoes and his wife and his kids. Imagine going reading the newspaper and seeing Captain Crunch, and that's your dad or that's your husband. That is just beyond disrespectful. And I just these people need to be called out and I think these people need to be held accountable, but yeah, that's just my little rant, but thank you again to the Montreal Canadians and the Montreal Canadians fans. We really majority of my Montreal Canadian fans. We really appreciate you. And uh, yeah, that's, that's the end of my rant. So I'll let Owen come back in now. Hey, Owen, how's it going? <laughs> Moving on to a uh, better subject. I've better got a question subject. for you. Shoot. Would you like, would you watch, Oh, like a team can't like a Canada Cup, but only it's like Team Ontario and Team Manitoba, like NHL players from each province playing against each other in a Canada Cup. Do you would you watch that? Would I watch that? Of course I would. And who do you think would win? Ontario. Yeah, I I think that'd be pretty cool. Connor McDavid. That's why. Yeah. I mean, Nova Scotia would give us a run, so would Quebec, but I think... So would Manitoba. Yeah, I guess, but we have Connor McDavid, so I think it's a a wash there. Uh, But yeah, but I mean, hey, you saw the Oilers. They lost to Winnipeg. They lost, lost 0-1 to Winnipeg. So, I mean, hey, if you may not be able to win. But, I mean, Team Ontario B have a better fourth line than a bunch of 40-year-old guys. So, uh, you know... Uh, Team Ontario, I think, would win that one. Would you watch it? Who do you think would win? Uh, probably Team Ontario. Team Ontario. It's like... And there's 100% biased here because we are both Ottawa. Ottawaeans, Ottawa, Ottawa citizens. <laughs> Don't Ottawaeans, say Ottawaeans. Ontarians, Ontario people. Ottawaeans, Ontario, and Ontarians, Ontarians, yeah, Ontarians, we're Ontarians, so yeah, um, yeah, we're probably a little bit biased, but I think last, t- last time I just want to touch on the John Tavares thing, and then we'll move on to other playoff stuff, uh, fight, I know we have different opinions on it, so I want to get your opinion on it first, why do you think it shouldn't have happened? So, I know, I'm pretty sure a bunch of people are going to agree with me on why it shouldn't happen. I'm going to say this. I'm going to say I can see how Jack thinks the fight could go, but I completely disagree. I think I think it I think Jack's not not thinking in his right mind here. I think he's he's a bit crazy too to think that. I think you know, like he it's a it's an accident. Why go and fight him after an accident? Like it's just it's I kind of think it's it's really stupid. You don't need to go and I think I if Corey Perry did that on purpose, like first of all, shame on Corey Perry if he did that on purpose. But if he did do it on purpose, then the fight. But he didn't. He didn't do it on purpose. So there's there's no reason for a fight if he didn't do it on purpose. I like I kind of get why, but like I just I don't really see why it was completely necessary. And Nick Felino fighting was kind of a shock too. I thought it'd be someone else, but so, Owen, I agree with you a lot. I agree with you a lot. Like, majority of the time, I agree with all your opinions. McDavid's best player in the NHL. The Oilers have no future. I agree with you on oh most stuff. God. On most stuff, I agree with you. You are absolutely crazy right now. Uh, to any person that says, oh, it's not supposed to be in the sport. It just ruins the credibility of the sport. He injured our captain. Whether it was intentional or not, our captain is passed out on a stretcher. You, he has to answer the bell. He's not going to get away with that. Oh, and by the way, why was there no penalty? There was he no tried, penalty on that play. He tried to get out of the way. You could see, like, it was a, like, 
It oh. was a complete accident. I don't think it's a penalty for an accident. Unless it's a puck over the glass. Accidents back. get... Yeah, I know. We had like three of them. Uh, but accidents get called all the time. Doesn't matter. Oh, my, my stick accidentally got in a skate. Yeah, that's a penalty though. His knee accidentally ran into his face. That's a penalty. How that wasn't called a penalty, I have no clue. Yeah, it's a penalty. No. But like, he they're, asked they're making no, no repercussions. He had no penalty. Whatsoever. He had no penalty. He had no nothing that would stop him from ever doing that again. And I know that's an accident, but he has to answer the bell. He knocked out our captain, whether it was intentional or not. Ding, ding, ding. Time to go. And Perry took it as a champ. Took it like a champ. Uh, Felino knocked the lights out of him. But Perry at the end of the game is like, you could see they were dropping the gloves before the, 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 the whistle blew. Like, completely mutual fight. Felino wouldn't have done it if he, did, if he wouldn't have agreed to it. Uh, and now Felino kind of forced, put, forced it into him. But still, they have to answer the bell. And uh, Corey Perry answered the bell and got his lights knocked out of him. Uh, not as bad as John Tavares, though. So that's why it happened. Okay, I yeah, I could kind of see that. I could kind of see that. I, but I just think, I just think the fight. I just think it shouldn't have happened. And I think that, you know, I I love fighting in hockey. Like I think it's part of the sport. It's been with us forever. I think it's a good thing. Not a good thing. Not necessarily a good thing. I just think it's part of hockey. You're not going to get rid of it. There's not that many fights. But like that fight, I think was a bit unnecessary. Why was it unnecessary? Why was it unnecessary? Oh, sorry. The Wi-Fi cut out there. No worries. Um, Why was it unnecessary? I just think it was unnecessary because, like, it was an accident. Like, if I, if, let's say me and, me and one of my friends are playing against you and one of your friends on the ice. Like, we're playing outdoor hockey and... We're me and you are skating into the boards, yeah. and I hit a bump and fall right into you, and you fall and I'm passed out on the ice. Get a nosebleed, let's say. No, it's not the same. Passed out on the ice. That's Get passed out on the ice. I'm gonna be going over to you like, oh my god, I'm so sorry. I hit a bump. Like everyone would see, it was an accident. What What would you? I think want if- my. I want my team. I want my teammate to. And I think it's different. He's their captain too. I want my teammate to fight him, whether it was an accident or not. Plus, they only have one view of it, the live play. So they don't have reviews. So they might not even know it's an accident. They just see Felino because they were watching the puck. They were at a bangle. So they probably weren't even looking at it. They just saw Tavares on the ice and Perry with a bad reputation. Like, he has a reputation as a dirty player, skating by – while uh, Tavares is passed out on the ice, I want I want our team to freaking fight him. Yeah, I, I would have been more concerned. I would have been more concerned if we didn't fight him. So at least he went over to the stretcher and like you know tapped him like you oh, know it was a great move whatever. So, like oh. at least at least he showed some. Hey sport, you good? You good? <laughs> he can't hear you because he's knocked out. He's. He's passed out. Okay. Oh, you good, sport? You good? Whatever. Uh, that's that's enough of John Tavares. Like, hey, hope you get better, man. But like, it's a sad topic, so we'll yeah, move on today. Um, Latvia played Canada. Uh, two nothing. We lost to Latvia. I want that to sink in. We lost Team Canada in hockey in a World Championship style hockey tournament. Lost to Latvia. That's a joke. Say one more time. Lost. We lost to nothing. We got shut out by Latvia. Latvia. And who was the goalie for? Do you see who the goalie for Latvia was? No. It was that. Uh, it was the guy in the Galchenia trade who, who came over. I think the uh, Matthias Kimi Vra- Kimi Vranta or something like that for Toronto. So. Oh, Veni Vivalainen. I thought he was Russian. No, I don't think it was the Vevelina guy. I think I'm thinking of someone different then. Oh, okay. No, yeah, it, it must be good. Someone different. Exactly. We don't even know who this guy is. Oh, my God. Latvia, shut us out. You're a joke, Team Canada. You're a joke. 
a joke. No, this isn't no. Russia. This isn't no, no. All fairness, we should destroy Latvia. No, I'll, let me say this. In all fairness, like I think Canada should have won. Yeah, yeah. But props to Latvia for beating Canada. Like true. Props to Latvia. All the props there. But Canada, you're a joke. You're disgraced. This is. Don't call them a disgrace. Come on. They lost to Latvia. They are a disgrace. I can't. I dare you to find. If you could look it up right now, find another time Canada has lost to Latvia. In hockey? Yeah. Go fi- go try to find it right now. I'll entertain the, I'll entertain the masses. Um, it's it's a disgrace. I guarantee you it's never happened or it's happened once. No, it hasn't happened. It's never happened before. It's a joke. It's a joke. That's a joke. That's a joke. <sighs> Team Canada is a garbage fire this team but they're not even that bad like they're bad Canada's standards but like they should dominate they're a they're a decent they're an okay nhl they're bad they're a bottom level nhl team and they should still dominate team latvia which could be like the heart the, the halifax mooseheads that's who their equivalent is team canada should dominate uh latvia they should absolutely smoke them. So I don't get why they're... I don't get it. What is Latvia doing? Anything, anything on? Have you found anything? Uh, no, I haven't. The first thing that showed up is Latvia, Canada, biggest international rivals. So I'm not even going to click on that because it's Latvia. Written in Latvian. <laughs> yeah. Latvian sun. Some great, uh, yeah, Latvia son. <laughs> uh, this is some great audio right now. Uh, we're listening to, but uh, no, I don't think they've ever lost nothing. to them. They've Latvia. never lost to Latvia. Your joke with team. Uh, I'm not gonna be. Wa- I won't watch the rest of the tournament. I don't care. They have pretty sweet jerseys, though. Latvia, Latvia. They had pretty sweet jerseys. Woo! Latvia has sweet jerseys, guys. So I mean, it's it's just. I don't know. Just I don't know what to say. Canada needs to step it up, but like Canada doesn't need to step it up. They need to go home. What do you expect? What do you expect when Adam Henrique is your captain? Like when when the captain of Team Canada is Adam. Expect? Oh, and you know what I expect? What to beat Latvia? <laughs> That's what I expect. I expect to beat Latvia. But anyway, who cares? Whatever. It's a dumb World Championship tournament that no one went to, except downtown Connor Brown. He couldn't pull them out of it. <laughs> What time are we at right now? We've been going for like, yeah. It is 5.55. I'm just wondering what time like we started at. Ah, We're we're at a decent time right now. So yeah, we'll go. We'll start the uh, question of the week. And uh, and then I think we're going to pass it on to our interview with Bic. With Bic Nazar. Great name, by the way. Phenomenal name. Uh, Bic Nazar. Great name. Um, But... Okay, so you ready for my question of the week? Yep. So again, as always, uh, no drop kicking babies. It's an inside joke. And if you've listened to the podcast, you'd know. Uh, but uh, yeah, so no drop kicking babies. And uh, Owen doesn't know the question, like always. So, Owen, you ready for your question? Yeah. All right. Should players be, after a certain amount of suspensions, be kicked out of the NHL? No. Elaborate. <laughs> like, okay. So here, here's here's what I think. So I think out after like a certain amount of suspensions, they shouldn't be kicked out of the NHL. Like, they should just. I think if if it gets to like ten suspensions, then the fine should be going up. Like, I think the fine should go up a bit. So. But I don't think they should be kicked out of the NHL. I think the only reason they should be kicked out of the NHL is drugs and, like, making a really, really bad play. So I I don't think so. I really don't think they should be kicked out of a certain amount. Now, if the certain amount was, like, if they get 150 suspensions, then, yeah. They're maybe not going to get 150 suspensions. But yeah, but, yeah, exactly. I don't think they should – I don't think they should be kicked out. Kicked out. I just – yeah, I, I don't see it happening unless you unless it's like for drugs or something. Then I could see you getting kicked out. But other than that, no. 
Yeah. Um. So this point got br- uh, brought up to me my uh, by my stepmom, Erin. Erin, I doubt she's listening to the show, but hey, Erin, if you are listening, welcome, welcome. Um. Yeah. It's uh. It's a. It's an interesting topic. I think. I don't think the NHL could implement it because the players' union would be all over that. Oh yeah, the CPA. Yeah, that would not be fun and lockdown probably. So lock not lockdown, lockout. So oh uh, it was a good idea. I mean, if if like it was a Tom Wilson, it was that bad of a hit. I mean, maybe, but I, I I'm not a huge fan of the idea. I was wondering if you would be. That's why I brought it up as the question. But uh, yeah. yeah, no, I don't think it's. I don't think it's. It's a good. I it has good sentiment, but I don't think it could ever be implemented just yeah. because of the. NHLPA, and I think that's going to wrap it up on our hockey. Well, that, that went by so quick. Do you want to touch on the Nazem Kadri hit first? Oh yeah, yeah. Let's do that. What are your thoughts on Kadri? One or two game suspension at most. Didn't look. I mean, not even. What not are you talking even. about? Have you not seen even, the hit? No. Have you seen the hit? Like one game. Yeah, I did. Do you think it's more? Uh, yeah. Repeat offender. Yeah, he's a repeat offender. I know, as a Toronto fan, he's a repeat offender. Hello? Hi. My Wi-Fi is really bad today. Yeah, yeah, your Wi-Fi is cutting out. Um, Sorry about that, folks. This is kind of bad audio, but whatever. Hey, uh, but yeah, he's a repeat offender, and I think, you know, it was a bad hit. He took an elbow. He could have ended a guy's playoffs. He could have pointed made a John Tavares situation. He could have ended the guy's playoffs. Falk is out for a bit. Like he's done for the series probably. I mean in all fairness though, St. Louis is their playoffs. But <laughs> so he technically did knock him out of the, <laughs> his playoffs. But still he's out for the rest of the series and Cadre should be suspended more than a few games. I really like Cadre. I think he's a great player. I love him. I love him Cadre. I think um, it's a bad hit I think it's a bad hit and I think he should be suspended for it. Uh, four, four or five games, and yeah, yeah, that's my opinions on it. Um, yeah, I have kind of lost a little steam in my uh, opinions after the uh, whole Tavares uh, rant, but uh, yeah, I think that's gonna wrap it on uh, our uh, hockey talk segment, and we will be right back with our Bic Nizer uh, interview. So uh, stay tuned. Welcome back to the show. I'm now going to be joined by Bick Nazar from uh, Sportsnet 650, host of the Canucks Central. How's it going? I'm doing fantastic. Thanks for asking. Yeah, thanks for coming on. So we're going to be talking about a bit of Canucks, a bit of uh, playoff hockey, and uh, maybe a bit of the world championships right now because, oh, Canada's not looking good there. <laughs> we'll start with the Canucks season. Are there any positive takeaways that Canucks fans can get from this year? Yeah, there are. And look, I know it's hard to to see it through a season where you finish last in the North Division, but like Brock Besser having a return form season from his rookie year, basically, you know, he's, he's dealt with so many injuries. You remember from the back injury from that hit against the Islanders. And then, you know, he's had wrist injuries and him coming back to some sort of scoring form to say, Hey, you are a first line winger and we can trust you to fill the net over the past two years. It's been, tough to make the uh, sell job to Canucks fans say this guy's going to make another step in his development. And a lot of people have argued he's a better playmaker. He's a better overall player than people realize, but you know, wingers, there's always a demand to score goals and fans want to see guys who can Mm -hmm. score goals, especially when they're labeled as snipers, right? Everyone's got this image of Brock Besser in his rookie year. Uh, It's a great picture. Uh, He's got the puck in the high slot. It's on the power play and everyone's off to one side. And Carey Price is a net, and Brock Besser beats him. And there's this image that he's this great sniper, and he can always do that. And we haven't seen that for two years. And for him to come back this year and start scoring again and also provide all that other elements that people have been talking about for two years of, you know, being a dynamic playmaker and just being a guy who can recycle possession, maintain the puck, and be good along the boards, all the things that Travis Green talks about uh, of wanting in his players – he really showcased all of that. And he puts up 49 points in 56 games and 23 goals is the, the important bit there. It's, it's a really good pace uh, on an 82-game season. It's something that Canucks fans really wanted to see from Brock Besser and his development uh, to, to say we have a piece of the puzzle. And now he's, got, he's 24 years old and 
you know, he's, he's hitting that wheelhouse of you're in your prime now. And uh, that's a major positive development for what happened this season. Nils Hoaglander is another one, uh, you know, 27 points in 56 games. Uh, it, it's, it's an exciting rookie, not just because of his skill level, but it's his effort that I think endeared himself to everyone immediately. You see him just buzzing all over the ice. And, you know, you get those types of players, uh, especially come playoff time, they're annoying to play games because they're always ready to compete. And uh, if, if that's something that translates to the course of his career, that's another problem solved for the Vancouver Canucks. So I know a lot of people had the Canucks being very contender, heavy contenders in this division. I know I had them at two in this division, potentially fighting for that one spot. So do we chalk this up to just a crazy year? Patterson was out majority of the year. COVID happened. Just everything went wrong. Or is this potentially maybe the year prior was a fluke and that was, this is the team? I think there's elements of both, right? It's hard to say, it's hard to make it binary to say, you know, yes and no or whatnot. It's, I I do think internally you chalk it up as a lost year. I'm sure the the organization is saying, look, we kind of turned some of the resources off. We're ready to re-engage in what should be a normal year with some fans returning and we're ready to, to, to get back to where we were and just take a weird year as a weird year. But I, I do think there's elements of truth in the idea of was last year the fluke year. And, and look, let's be real. They made it to the bubble because of points percentage. They were a playoff, you know, in and around the playoff line most of the year. And then as some injuries happened, they started to fade and then COVID happened and suddenly it threw everything into flux. But if we're being honest, they were tough to even get in and they, they win that play-in series versus Minnesota and the rest is kind of history there of beating St. Louis and pushing Vegas. But they have a lot of things to work on. Make no mistake. And they really need to internally look at this as a weird year and they need some internal improvement as well. You want to see another step from Quake Hughes. You want to see more from you know, Bo Horvat, Nils Hoaglander, those types of players need to take a step. And as well as it's on management to kind of build it around them to say, we can support you now. We got some bad money coming off of the books where we want to make some buyouts. So I, I do think the foundation of having success is here. I think, you know, I, I don't think you're necessarily wrong last off season to say, Hey, this is a team that can be the second best in the division. I thought that too. Right when you have J.T. Miller and Elias Patterson, Brock Besser, Quinn Hughes, you acquire Nate Schmidt, who should have offset uh, Chris Tanev. The the attractive pieces are there. It just, you know, given the circumstances of a, a new environment for a lot of players, you know, Schmidt, Holpe, and it just didn't work, and the schedule didn't help itself either. Uh, I, I just think you, you look at this year and say, write it off, reset next year. And hopefully uh, you get a bit more luck. I, I don't think they're in the, the category of the Detroits of the world or yeah. uh, Anaheim, right? Like there's more talent here. And I, I think they're just in that middle group of teams that it takes uh, some luck. And, you know, this is so, some teams find it some years and some teams don't. And you wind up with 79 points instead of 91. And, and the difference between the talent of the teams isn't very much. Yeah, like this team definitely 100% has the pieces with superstar, like perennial all-stars potentially, well, definitely in Pedersen, mm-hmm. potentially in Besser, Horvat, uh, Hughes, and just studs. And then you got a great goalie system. You got mm-hmm. Demko and then Holpe, who I think have gotten a lot more flack than I think he deserved this year. And then once Holpe comes out, uh, you get to have Michael DiPietro coming in. Personally, mm-hmm. I really like Michael DiPietro. This yeah. is someone from Ottawa. I got to see him quite a bit when he played for the 67s here. So I think he, you have the pieces. It's really whether or not you can put that together. So do you think – sorry, go ahead. No, I was just going to say, like, it, it's great mentioning Demko as well because, you know, when we're talking about the positives that you can take away from the season, you know, he like him solidifying himself as a real number one goalie uh, despite the defensive environment that he plays in uh, is really important for what this structure of this team is. Now, you also want to retain their goalie coach, Ian Clark, and that's still up in the air right now. Uh, but at, at least with that, Jodemko, you, you seem to have found another solution. So for, for Benning, uh, Benning this year, um, 
what what is the move? Is it to bring in a just complementary pieces to help your core, or is it to add to that core and bring in a superstar guy? Now, this isn't a crazy loaded free agent class, but mm-hmm. there's still some big names um, as well. Is it what is the move going forward for Benning? Well, the the thing is, and it's funny because you know he was using the word aggressive a lot uh, on Friday and when he met with media, when he joined Sportsnet 650 as well, you know, that was the the word du jour uh, of being aggressive. And the problem with that is aggressive to what end? Um, you know, they don't have a lot of cap space. It's, it's somewhere in the range of 15 million. If you do some buyouts, okay, you can get some more. You can probably creep it up towards 18, 19 million, but you have to sign Elias Patterson and Quinn Hughes. And so that's going to take a big chunk out of it, no matter what. And if you're if you're left with four million dollars, okay, who, how aggressive can you be, and who can you get for four million dollars and are on that range? That's that's the interesting bit of okay, you can be aggressive, but that probably means you're moving money out too. And if that means, you know, Nate Schmidt or Braden Holt, like whatever it is. Uh, money has to go out before you want to acquire some big name players, whether it's, you know, to what you're talking about of high end play, uh, you know, top six or top four yeah. D men. Uh, so I I'm skeptical of what aggressive looks like to me. I, I guess you can view it any which way you want. Uh, yeah. Are, are buyouts aggressive? Is, is that a thing that they have? Cause, cause they haven't really done that. Right. So mm-hmm. maybe in their mind, that's aggressive and it's just exploring something that they haven't done you know, with consistent level. Uh, before so yeah I, I if i if i had to make one move uh or the the first types of move i'm trying to figure out the bottom six more so than anything okay. and because i i just look at them like jt miller and brock besser Elias Pedersen, Paul horvat uh nils hoglander that's five guys that should Your be team. yeah and so they need play drivers on the bottom end brandon sutter you know to to me Injuries are always going to be a concern. Can you trust it over 82 games? And I look at, you know, that third line center spot. They really need someone there. It it hasn't been a position that's ever been filled. So if you can get, you know, cheap labor in that spot, that would be really important. Yeah, uh, obviously you said you touched on it. um, Two biggest things this offseason is to be re-signing Quinn Hughes and uh, Elias Pedersen. What is the ballpark for what you think they're going to get? Uh, probably the low end to me. Uh, I, again, low end would be if they're lucky. Thirteen point five combined. Oh, uh, combined. I'm like, whoa. Yeah, yeah, no. That's the low end. Wow. Yeah, combined. <laughs> Say one of them gets seven, the other gets six and a half, or something like that. That would be on the low end. Uh, high end, probably fifteen five or sixteen. Right? Then you're looking at eight million for for the pair. That's probably the range. I know that's a big three million dollar window, but. Uh, it, it can it can change, right? If someone wants to dig their heels in and says, no, I'm worth more than this. Uh, now, I think we're all expecting bridge deals at this stage, uh, probably in the two-year range. Uh, so we'll see what that number ultimately comes to. But to me, that's kind of the window of what you're operating under. And I think the way the Canucks have kind of gone about their business, you know, signing Pearson and Demko, I think they have an idea of what that number looks like. It's just a matter of uh, putting pen to paper. Yeah, so as an outsider uh, looking into the Canucks organization, I find it hard to hear that uh, Pedersen won't get at least 10. As personally, as a Leafs fan, seeing sure. that Marner getting those 10 million contracts, uh, Tavares, Matthews, all these guys getting 10 mil, I find it very hard to believe that he won't get 10 mil. Now, I'm very, I'm more interested in Quinn Hughes because I think he's just going to get, Pedersen's just going to get his 10 mil. I mean, I'm supporting the Patterson jersey right now. (laughs) He's clearly the stud of this franchise and he's the cornerstone, but I'm really interested to see what Quinn Hughes can do and get. Yeah, uh, I I would say, you know, so so Marner signed, uh, what was it, a six-year deal? I believe so, yeah, six or five. Yeah, so, you know, term I I think plays a, a, a... a part in this, right? Like when you're signing long-term, you're buying free agent years and yeah, you're more likely to clip 10. I, I, if I'm looking at the talent, yeah, Elias Pedersen's a $10 million player, maybe even a bit more. Quinn Hughes yeah. is, is up there with the, the best D-man in the league. So yeah, he's worth $10 million. But the 
if you're signing bridge deals and you're maintaining yeah. your restricted free agent status, that's probably going to drive it down a bit. And, you know, Tampa Bay's had success of, you know, driving down the price on their star level players uh, that are certainly worth a lot more. Like I think of Nikita Kucherov signing, what was the $4.7 million for three years? Like he's, he's worth 10, $11 million. Yes. Uh, eventually, <laughs> he's, eventually he signs his big contract, but if you can sign these bridge deals to keep the cap number low, okay, that's something that, uh, you can do. I'm not necessarily a fan of it. If if I'm in the Canucks positions, yeah, I want term. I want to lock these guys in for eight years and say, hey, my my future is secure, and hopefully down the road we make up the value on these contracts later. But in the flat cap environment, these are the challenges that you're you're imposed with. And uh, I think uh, right now it might make sense for both parties to say, okay, we can take a little bit lower, see what the economic environment is in a couple of years. And if you're Elias Pedersen and Quinn Hughes, maybe the cap in two or three years goes up, and then you can start to get your real payday. Uh, the the other issue for Quinn Hughes too is he doesn't have uh, arb rights and he can't get offer sheeted, so he loses a lot of the leverage in the scenario to say, "Hey, I think I'm worth eight nine million dollars." And uh, I, yeah, like I, I you know he he doesn't have an ace in his sleeve in the negotiations to assume Montreal is going to come in with an offer sheet like they did with Aho or, mm-hmm. or somebody that wants to be aggressive and, and makes a, a big splashy move. He doesn't have that in his back pocket. So I, I look at that and I say, you know, the advantage is towards the Canucks in the, the negotiation. Uh, but you certainly want to do right by your superstars as much as you want to nickel and dime and, and win every negotiation. Uh, I would rather they go into their summer you know, peace of mind and say, we have our, we have our contract for the next two years or three years and we'll figure it out down the road as, of what our long-term future looks like. Yeah. The Canucks definitely have a busy, busy, very busy off season. One of the top in the NHL and another part of their off season will be the draft this year. Mm-hmm. I'm pretty sure a lot of Canucks fans didn't think they'd be in the lottery this year, mm-hmm. but they are. So there comes a benefit to that. Now you're going to probably get another top end prospect. Who would, uh, okay, so I've seen quite a few, st- a lot of, I've read a lot on online and stuff. Yeah. And obviously the big piece, a lot of Canucks fans would like to see is another brother brother duo in yeah. uh, Vancouver with Luke Hughes being drafted. But is there anyone that really stands out to you that, oh, yeah, I think we should get that guy? I want uh, the best player, like bottom line. Like whoever is the best player on the board, that's the other Canucks should get. So I, I understand the the desire. I understand the marketing potential of having Luke Hughes and Quinn Hughes. But to me, it's if there's a better player available and it, it, it better fits the structure of your organization, then that's the guy you pick. Now, I'm a big fan of Brand Clark. I'm a big fan yes. of, of, of Maddie Veneers. Uh, a big fan of William Eklund. Uh, you know, Owen Powers got that size that's hard to replicate, but you know, I, I might put Luke Hughes above him. But it, it matters where they draft, obviously. But there's a, a handful of guys, and and the, the interesting thing about the Canucks is they can't necessarily make a bad selection as far as need, right? They they need wingers, they need centers, they really need centers, they need D men, and ideally, you know, right handed D men on top of that. Uh, that would be, uh, you know, the priority to me because it, it's it's really bleak on that side. Because at least you have Quinn Hughes. At least you have Jack Rathbone to say, hey, these guys can be the future of our left side of D-men. Uh, Luke Hughes shoots left. Uh, Brant Clark doesn't. And, you know, to me, that, that's something that in the organizational depth chart, you kind of have to start to plot out and figure out because they don't have a lot of solutions coming up on that right-hand side. You hope Jet Wu takes a step and you know, can be part of your pro team down the road, but, you know, that's something that's taking some time. Uh, to me, Brant Clark's the guy that I look at and is, um, you know, a modern type player as well uh, could, could, yeah. could fit into where the NHL is going. And just to me, an interesting, an interesting player. Matt Beneers is a guy, you know, just, I, I'm just getting to all the draft stuff, but I, I look at him and I think that's a guy that, you know, fits the profile of, you know, what we've seen from, uh, smart centers you know not necessarily uh the biggest guy but just cerebral and just clever and you know like those are the types of players i think that have success uh, in the nhl they just figure it out yeah i think um 
I think you hit it perfectly. I really like Brant Clark. He was originally supposed to, well, well, what I was looking at at the start of the year before, I mean, he didn't play all year until the U18 tournaments. He was originally supposed to be probably first overall pick and then obviously not mm-hmm. playing a full year and the mirrors and all the guys in college getting all that opportunities, him falling down. I think if Vancouver can... If he falls down to Vancouver's pick, I think you have to draft him. I think he's a phenomenal player. I mean, watching just the small sample size of the U18, he was just phenomenal on that Canada team, that dominant Canada team, by the way. And I know <laughs> I, I know, fans in this area are also going to be looking at Ken Johnson, right? Port Moody product, mm. North Vancouver product. That's another guy, a local angle that uh, people are going to be excited about outside of just Luke Hughes as well. So that's a an interesting high-skilled player. Uh, I, I, you know, I haven't been lower outside my top five but uh, it's an it, it's a, another storyline that fans i think in this area should luke hughes be gone i'm sure as far as storylines uh kent johnson would be right up there as well yeah but uh brant clark just a part of that uh dominant canada team uh but you might have noticed there isn't a dominant canada team right now there is a sad canada team right now fighting over in latvia um, yeah thoughts <laughs> Yeah, I mean, I don't get too worked up over the uh, the IIHF World Hockey Championship. Uh, I, I know it's a much bigger deal in Europe, and rightfully so, I get it. Yeah. Um, for me, it just, you know, we're never sending our best over um, because of, you know, the Stanley Cup playoffs going on. Uh, you, I guess you want to win uh, just for the sake of, you know, competition. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, yeah, and being, you know, that, that whole aspect of it. But, you know, I, I look at the team, and I think, they're going to have mixed results. It reminds me of the Olympics a couple of years ago, right? And, and you look at the team and it's like, yeah, they're, they're, they're going to struggle. It's, it's, and I like, I like these players, but you throw them on the world stage. It's a li- little bit different. I like Jared Anderson Dolan. I like Gabe Velarde. I like Nick Paul. It just, it's not really the same when uh, it's not, yeah. you know, Claude Giroux or Steven Famkos or something like that going on. Yeah. I- my, my, my expectations were a bit muted this year anyways. Yeah, I, yeah like I wasn't going to be watch, tuning in every game, especially while playoffs were still going on, um, because usually my team is out by now. Uh, so it's nice to see my Leafs uh, doing doing well this year. Well, I mean, literally starting late, so I get yeah. to watch them at this time. But, um, yeah, I mean, it, it's a little disappointing and a little kind of embarrassing to see that Latvia, like, hey, no disrespect to that team, the – Program of Excellence has done a really great job in countries mm-hmm. like Latvia over there, but like it's the first time we've ever lost to Latvia on the world stage, like mm-hmm. ever through our whole history. So, I mean, great for it's probably the greatest day in Latvia hockey hockey history there. But yeah, I mean, it's just kind of a little disappointing to see them. I, I mean, I I expected us to get shelled by the states and the Russians and Swedens, but yeah, it was just a little disappointing to see. It, like it, it's happened to Hockey Canada before. I think it was the 06 Olympics, right? Martin Gerber, uh, Switzerland has a, I think it was a 49 save shutout against Canada, right? Like it, it does happen. Now that's not the Olympics. It's a much bigger yeah. deal than the world championships, but uh, you know, it, it happens. I get it. But I, I, if it was the Olympics, to me, it's a much bigger deal because you are sending ideally, hopefully your best. Uh, and that's the gold medal, right? The, the, the IIH, the world championships, uh, I, I don't get too much emotion uh, yeah. over what happened over there. There are some cool memories, you know, Anson Carter having that goal, and there's, you know, Rick Nash has always had good success there. Uh, but to me, it's just, uh, it's unfortunate, but it, it, it's not a big deal. It's not a, a referendum on uh, Canadian hockey or anything like that. True, true. So um, playoff hockey started, uh, I guess, last Thursday, I believe it was. Uh, yeah, that sounds right sounds about right yeah yeah i think last Thursday, not no not last thursday but thursday before it started in the last week or so yeah um is there any series that you're really interested in watching i mean i was really excited for boston washington and yeah. it uh it wrapped up pretty quick i, I thought you know overall like it, it was a really fun series um but you know boston edged it out and, and like, I, I do think Washington, like, as a roster, as a team, they were significantly better this year. To me, I thought Washington was one of the top three, top four teams in the league this year. But, like, it matters to get hot at the right time. It matters to, you know, 
have things smoothed out heading into the playoffs. And you think of Kuznetsov and all these issues that they've had. It just the energy with them always felt off heading to the playoffs, and that's like the worst case scenario. Uh, and, and I think if they got over the hurdle, if they figured it out and managed to beat Boston, then okay, everything could have resumed to resumed to normalcy, and they could have figured it out. But it just it just looked like a task too large now at that stage, and uh, it's really unfortunate because I thought that team could have made a lot of noise uh, moving into the playoffs. But uh, they get eliminated, and yeah. that's that. Uh, elsewhere, uh, I mean, Colorado hasn't really been that entertaining. I've, I've actually really enjoyed Nashville, Carolina a lot more than I thought, especially the last two games. You see Nashville pushing back and uh, you know tying up that series. Uh, you know, when you have a a defense like that, like they do, you hope you can stick around. Scoring is always going to be the issue for for them. They've taken a lot of shots against, but you know, UC Soros is has been there. So that's oh, been an entertaining. Oh, I think we lost uh, Vic here. We're going to try to get him. Florida back. is. Sorry. We're going to try to get him back here. Just uh, give us one moment, please. And we're back. Sorry about that, folks. Uh, just lovely technical difficulties. The lovely joys of recording in a pandemic. Uh, so back to where you're talking about your playoff series. Uh, yeah, like Florida, Tampa Bay is obviously, you know, high energy, been a lot of fun. But I think it's kind of gone the way I thought it would. I know Florida was a, a trendy underdog pick for a lot of people. It just I look at it as like the coaching match is equal. Yeah. The goaltending matchup favors Tampa Bay significantly. Yes. You get the best D-men in the series. And, you know, Stamkos and Kucherov come back. And Kucherov is the best forward in the series. Maybe Barkov, right? Obviously, we haven't seen Kucherov all year, but it looks like he's going a, a certain way, and it looks like it's going to be okay. Uh, so they've kind of shown themselves up. And, you know, they went under the radar as far as being the, the pick uh, to, to win the Stanley Cup. I, I just didn't feel like there was a lot of love going their way. And, you know, for me, they were my pick uh, along with Vegas to, to wind up in the finals. Uh, we'll see how it shakes out. But it, it's been an entertaining first run, I will say. Like, even Minnesota's mm-hmm. tried to keep it competitive with Vegas. Um, and then Edmonton and Winnipeg. Like, I mean, good Lord, I didn't uh, see any of this coming. Uh, not like this, at least. Uh, yeah, yeah. I, I like Winnipeg uh, throughout the course of this year. To me, they always felt like they were more built for the playoffs than they were the regular season. Uh, but this is stunning to see what they're doing right now. Yeah, no, I've been I've been really enjoying the series, especially because our co-host of this show is a diehard Oilers fan, so I've been loving the putting that <laughs> in his face. Oh, the Oilers lost this morning. Yeah. Uh, so yeah, and I also have the now we can't make fun of the four-one loss, so that's also nice right there. Uh, but yeah, I've been very surprised with the Winnipeg series. I think um, Winnipeg's really showed up. Connor Hellebuck, man, mm-hmm. just just goes to show like how much a goalie can steer, steal a series and. He's done that for sure. Like he's yeah, it's uh, I you know I, I use a phrase a lot uh, on the show and just in general is uh, you don't pay elite goalies. You hope you get elite goaltending in the playoffs, right? You want to build the infrastructure around your goalie, and you can save money on gold, and that's great. But you know Connor Hellebuck puts that theory to the test, and yeah. Terry Price is doing that right now too, right? These guys are showing up, and they're showing that they're high level star level goalies, and it, it makes things difficult. Now ultimately, like I do think. Uh, Montreal's going to have some problems against Toronto over the course of a seven-game series, but um, you know, Carna Hellebuck's uh, is going to be a real problem. Should uh, okay. they close it out, or even against the next team, right? It's you got to figure out how to solve them, and you know, he, he's in his prime and also at the top of form right now. It's 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 really cool to watch. Yeah, no, it's super cool to watch. It's not fun for any team playing him right now. Like, not many, like. With a team with Connor McDavid and Dubois, a series with Dubois, McDavid, Dry Saddle, some of the highest scoring teams and games ending up one nothing, like mm-hmm. you never see that. So just Smith has also played pretty phenomenal this uh, this the series, and I mean Hellebuck, what can you say more about him? Like he's just played phenomenal. Um, at the start of the one comment I really uh, thought was very interesting at the start of the playoffs was uh, Ryan O'Reilly coming out and saying we will beat the, the uh, Colorado Avalanche. Does he kind of look dumb right now? No, I mean, 
Like, I, I get it when you make guarantees or you, you do things, some things like that, and it can always come back to bite you. Uh, I, I just look at that as a player trying to motivate himself and, you know, inject some belief into his guys. Uh, now, yeah, you open yourself up to ridicule afterwards, but I'm sure Ryan O'Reilly's fine with it. Uh, I, I, I take it for what it is. And for me, I look, I, I, I think of that being just a motivating factor. How do you get guys psyched up and, and, and will they respond? Uh, they gave it a push, uh, but they, they were just overmatched. And it, it's a team that didn't have any progress to where they were last season. Uh, they, they get ousted by Vancouver, and they look like they were an easy out uh, again this year. Or I shouldn't say they were an easy out last year, um, but you step up in competition from Vancouver to Colorado, and you don't make any progress yourself. I'm not surprised the results weren't any different. It's the first round exit. Now, a lot faster than they went last yeah. year, but uh, it's it's still the same result. You're out in the first round. Yeah. Um, another big thing this offseason, switching back to the Canucks and Jim Benning, uh, the Seattle Kraken expansion draft. It's going to be very interesting for a lot of teams, especially uh, Vancouver, uh, with the new their new rival coming in. Do you think they're going to be able to spark some type of rivalry between Kraken and them? Oh, I imagine it'll be uh, uh, an immediate rival. Um, geographically, the Canucks never had a rival. Yeah. When you really look at it, like Edmonton cares more about Calgary. Calgary cares more about Edmonton. The California teams all care about each other. Um, Arizona and the Canucks have never really played uh, in, in the playoffs. And Arizona probably cares more about Vegas. And Vegas probably cares more about Arizona. And, you know, Vegas is coming right away and – They've had competitive rivals with Colorado and San Jose and stuff like that. Uh, the Canucks, you know, their biggest rival in the past 15 years has probably been Chicago. And Chicago cares more about, you know, traditional teams like Detroit. I'm sure if you ask Blackhawk fans, you know, the Red Wings have always been uh, massive rivals. So they really have needed someone nearby and just to have that natural rivalry. And the more I talk to you know, people from Seattle, uh, you know, traditionally, Seattle cares about Oregon and California, right? They think of the Oakland A's and the, the, the LA Angels and stuff like that. But everyone's geared up because it's, it's hockey. It's Canada's game. Seattle fans want to take wins away from Vancouver. They're immediately going to care about Vancouver. And uh, for a franchise right now, that let's be real, they're doing all the right things as far as you know, inclusivity and, and diversity and, you know, making investments in the community, all this sort of stuff. I think they're attracting a lot of eyes and a lot of attention from even locally here in Vancouver of, hey, that's a really interesting team to cheer for. So I think that natural rivalry is going to be immediate. Yeah, because you touched on it perfectly. Vancouver's never really had a rivalry, whether it's geographical or just division-wise. Mm-hmm. Um, so I think adding this, because there's fairly, like they've been around for quite a bit of time or at least oh, like a good chunk of time now that they sh- they haven't really had a rival and mm-hmm. a lot of teams by now usually have like their big that's the guys we hate and i know you touched on uh the blackhawks being them right but they're like another country away you know and yep. not you know and i know i realized i said seattle is also a country away but a lot closer than chicago to the to vancouver well uh, it, it's easier to get to seattle than it is to yeah. calgary right yeah. it's 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 two hours away two and a half hours away by drive um so that one's going to click in right away. And the other problem is, you know, what you're to alluding to is like, they haven't really made the playoffs consistently enough and mm-hmm. to, to start developing that rivalry. Like Calgary is the one they've had playoff series games, but like, we know like Calgary. Edmonton. Yeah. Like they're going to care more about Edmonton. That's just, that's just how it goes. Um, now they haven't played in series in forever Calgary and Edmonton. I get it, but. Like we, we see every battle of Alberta, even in the regular season, matters. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> you, you have to watch them, and then you throw in like Chuck and Cassian and these storylines that that emerge. Uh, you have to watch them. It's never really happened with Vancouver Calgary outside of a playoff series, and it's been a while. You know, the last one was what 2015, 2016. Um, it's it's it it, ha- it hasn't happened consistently enough to say, oh yeah, this is the number one rival. Yeah. Um. So. Another aspect to the Seattle Kraken coming in now is you have to protect players. And who do you think is going to be unprotected and potentially drafted by the Kraken? Oh, uh, that is tough. Um, yeah, it's, it's a loaded question. Yeah, I, I imagine 
Um, you know, to, to me, like Tyler Myers is probably going to get retained and, and protected. So, you know, uh, for all people that look at that and say, hey, is there a way to get that money off the books? Uh, maybe that's a thing. Um, I, I I think a lot of Canucks fans are hoping Brain Holpe is the selection. Uh, I'm not sure if that, you know, really works out because he's got a bit of a higher cap hit coming up. Uh, or sorry, not uh, cap hit. Uh, he's, 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 his salary boosts up. Uh, so he made $2.9 million, I think, this year, and that shoots up to $5.7 next year. And so the, the cap hit is uh, retained at four point three. But, um, you know, if you're yes. Seattle, you're ready to, to pay that money, right? Uh, so I, I look at more like maybe, you know, Colins or is it uh, Jake Vertanen, but he's in an issue himself with a, a legal issue. Yeah. Um, so we'll wait and see. Uh, is Ole Olevi, you know, a, a name that crops up? Uh, it, it's tough. Like if I'm Seattle, I'm not thrilled with what I'm going to get back from Vancouver. It just you know, maybe it's a, a Zach McEwen or Cole Lynn or something like that, something, a, a development piece, but it, it's not something that I think Seattle Kraken fans are going to write home about. Awesome. Well, thank you so much. And uh, before I let you go, um, can we get your Stanley Cup prediction? Uh, give me the Tampa Bay Lightning. There you go. Thank you so much. I really appreciate it. Anytime. Hey, um, before I let you go, uh, do you want to plug your social medias as well? Yeah, uh, at BIC650, B-I-K, Bravo, India, Kenya, uh, or Kilo, sorry, uh, for the uh, for the military alphabet, and then 650, uh, of course, with the, the name of the station. So uh, BIC650 on Twitter, Instagram, wherever you want to find me. Twitter's better. I don't spend a lot of time on Instagram. I'm not an IG guy. Awesome. Well, thank you so much, and uh, thank you to, the, to you, the listener, for uh, taking time out of your day to listen to our show. We really appreciate it. Go follow us on uh, Instagram at blue underscore line underscore report and on our Twitter at blue line with JB. I really appreciate you stopping by, and we'll see you next week. Thanks. Take care. Thanks so much. Appreciate it.